Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hi everyone, it's your host Caroline here. Just before we start the podcast, uh, just to let you know we recorded this over Zoom, so the sound quality isn't exactly the same as when we record it in the studio, but hopefully it won't ruin your enjoyment of the podcast. It's a fantastic episode, I really hope you enjoy it. Right, so it's on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We've got a special podcast today for primary schools in Wales. As many of you know, the new curriculum for Wales has been developed over the last few years and schools are expected to design their new curriculum by September 2022. I've been joined today by Sandra Jones and Nicola Marriott, who both work at Cornstones here, and they've been working with schools in Wales to help set them up. On their curriculum design journeys so hi there hi hi hello um <laughs> would you be able to just give the listeners a little bit of an introduction to who you are what you do here hi everybody my name's nicola marriott and i am one of the schools consultants within cornerstones i've been working within the office and within schools in wales for the last six years i've been the welsh advisor for the last six years within cornerstones I have been a primary school teacher for 19 years. Gosh, it doesn't seem that long. (laughs) But for the last four years while I was in the classroom, I was a senior leader with responsibility for curriculum design. And for the last 15 years, I've been working with schools across the world, looking at international education. I've been part of many sort of TIPD and British Council visits across the world. So have a lot of experience dealing with different curriculums, different schools and building up my understanding of what curriculum is all about. Fantastic. And hi, Sandra. Would you like to tell listeners a bit about yourself? Certainly. Well, my name's Sandra Jones. I live in North Wales. I qualified many years ago as a primary teacher through the University of Aberystwyth before moving on to teach in Shropshire for a short time. I moved into educational publishing after that, where I covered North Wales and the northwest of England as a a local GIN representative. So some people might actually remember that. Later on, I worked for Espresso Education and then I worked with Fieldwork Education, firstly as a consultant for Wales and then more recently with the international schools across Europe and the Americas. So I joined the Cornerstones team in February of this year, just before we went down into lockdown. And my role is to support schools in the northwest of England, but also across the whole of Wales alongside Nicola as they prepare for their new curriculum for Wales. And in addition to that, I'm I'm also studying for a master's in education through distance learning through the University of Bath. Gosh, I didn't know some of those things about you both. So that's been really interesting for me. How's the master's going? I'm on my last module. Um, I'm currently studying the research methods of education, which is the preparation towards my dissertation, which will be the final stage. So I've got Mm. about... Oh, 18 months, two years to, to go before it's completed. Are you enjoying it? Very much so, very much Good. so. It's been, been really interesting. I've focused on it from a, a curriculum perspective whenever I can. So it's it's sort of brought me some good insight into curriculum and learning as a whole, which has been mm-hmm. really valuable. Right, well, I'm going to start off by asking you both, what are the primary schools in Wales being expected to do and when? Sandra, maybe if I could ask you. Yes, certainly. Initially, they're being asked to design 
a completely bespoke curriculum that is specific to their own context and setting that isn't reinventing the wheel, but also addresses the requirements of the new framework of areas of learning and what matters statements. So this should include co-construction with all of their available stakeholders, so the children, the parents, the governors, any local clusters, so effectively from the school community and beyond. Now, the recent Journey to 2022 document produced in October by the Welsh Government sets out further clarification of the path that schools are required to follow. And it does acknowledge the disruption from the pandemic, which obviously has had an effect. And they're advising that in terms of the curriculum, schools are going to need to focus on two key aspects. So they're going to need to adapt their current curriculum and teaching to the changing circumstances and prepare for a range of different scenarios and also prepare for a rollout of that new curriculum in 2022. And the timeline, effectively, I mean, if we work backwards, I find that easier. So what they're aiming to do is be expecting to begin from their academic year of September 2022. They want to be delivering in full their new curriculum right through from nursery to year six. So the journey to 2022 document suggests that for the previous two to three terms, the schools should be evaluating and preparing for first teaching. So in essence, this is suggesting that the academic year beginning 2021 is pretty much a dress rehearsal for their plan curriculum with some evaluation and tweaking. Now, ahead of that, the three terms that they suggest, it's not actually clear if there's an overlap with these phases, but they suggest that the previous three terms should be for design, planning and trialling. And that's effectively where we are currently. So this academic year right now is when schools should be writing their planned curriculum and testing it. And of course, this is quite a challenge for some, given that they're also dealing with a recovery curriculum and troubleshooting areas of coverage affected by the pandemic. There's actually quite a lot to do, isn't there, Sandra? Very much so. What have schools been telling you? I know you've been working with a lot of schools. You've been in contact with a lot of schools in Wales. What kind of feedback have you heard about the Curriculum for Wales Bill and, and all the requirements? I mean, many schools at the moment are looking very closely at the What Matters statements and they're coming back with us the feedback that they are very vague and there's not enough progression built in. And they're struggling with the idea that the framework is there for them, but they're not to use that necessarily as a focus for developing the curriculum. Schools are having to design progression that's not built in for themselves. Progression steps are there for the ages 5, 8 and 11 and then continuing on to sort of 14 and 16, but they're not actually sort of a continuum of progression, but they're effective checkpoints that our understanding that the schools are expected to use these to design and build their own progression, but not necessarily use them to, uh, per se, to uh, get assessed against them. So that's what schools are sort of looking at is the, is the opportunity of having that framework there, but needing more detail. Where are they going to go? What do they want to put into their curriculum and using the framework that's there to start with? Sandra, would you add anything to that as well? Anything else you've heard from schools? Yes. I mean, following on from what Nicola mentioned about sort of assessing against the criteria that we actually don't believe that, that any assessment has been finalised schools are actually unsure of what those requirements will be. Uh, the guideline documents do say that assessments should be intrinsic to the curriculum design, but at present are not giving anything definite on that. So that's something that schools are very much keeping their, their eye on and 
while they're trying to build in their own idea of assessment, they're also waiting to hear what those requirements will be set out to be. Mm. There's also the main sort of element of is many of the teachers are not trained in curriculum design. They're not necessarily have that. And designing a curriculum is a very, very big job. And a lot of schools feel that this should be designed and inputted into their CPD and where they're looking at, what they can put in their curriculum and how they can develop it. They need that support there as well. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you about that, Nicola, because um, we obviously have at Cornerstones, we've put together the six essential steps of curriculum design. And I mean, would you be able to take us through those six steps of curriculum design, Nicola? Obviously, we can't go into a huge amount of detail because it, it is a complicated process, but at least for schools listening, so that they know that there are these stages that you need to go through. Well, in recent years, the government has brought in that the curriculum should be the forefront of discussion following the release of Successful Futures. This has had a huge impact on the curriculum development within Wales. And what we're doing is currently talking to many different schools within Wales to ensure that we can continue to support them as they're going on this curriculum journey. We developed our six steps to curriculum design to support schools. And those steps are principles and purpose entitlement and enrichment, breadth and balance, teaching narrative, resources, and review and evaluate. Now, each of these six steps we're going to cover in the next sort of couple of minutes, but the spotlight on curriculum has changed and it's clear that curriculum should reflect the needs of the context and the development of those four purposes linked directly into the successful futures. The Curriculum for Wales recognises this and there are real opportunities to innovate for schools to design, to deliver and to really make a difference in their context. Donaldson encourages you to strike a balance between the national framework and adapting a curriculum for the context. Designs need to be interpreted, developed and refined by the schools. It is important for us as leaders to know and be able to articulate our curriculum to encourage it to be transparent across the whole school. Everyone in school needs to know what is happening and why, even to the essence of what, what, what does humanities or expressive art looks like in my school. Mm. Articulate that. It's a massive challenge to bring together all of the different documentation and turn it into a coherent curriculum, which reflects the context of the school and its learners. It's about looking at the curriculum as a whole and making a decision that reflects your school and your children. So how do you create and develop, develop a curriculum which sets out the children on their journey to become all of the depositions outlined in the four purposes? Well, let's go back to step one. So we have, first of all, you need to look at the context of the school, the principles and the purpose behind designing your curriculum. So this is all about sort of knowing what you want to achieve and why do you want to achieve it? what or who is that curriculum for set out your curriculum rationale and your curriculum statement and this will give you that clear picture and identify the starting points the school principles should drive the curriculum and be a starting point for any discussion about curriculum design and it will give you a common understanding of the purpose and intent to promote shared ownership within the school so what are your principles what will be your child's journey as they go through school? How will the children leave your setting? What will they experience as they journey through their time with you? You might think of it in terms of what the child wants to be as they're coming out in the end. For example, I would like our children to be ambitious, capable learners, 
ready to learn throughout their lives, enterprising, creative contributors, ready to play a full part in life and work, ethical, informed citizens of Wales and the world, healthy, confident individuals, ready to lead fulfilling lives as valued members of society. Now, do they sound familiar? We've got the four purposes and those should be at the heart of developing your curriculum. And they provide you with a basis to start with your principles and your intent as you're going through. These will take time to evolve and evaluate as a school community. Pull together the great work that you're currently doing because there's lots going on within Wales and within your school. Don't throw everything out. Involve everyone as a stakeholder so they understand why you're doing these things. And this will build integrity and understanding and develop a common approach to the building of the curriculum. Mm. Make sure that you've got that well-being, what opportunities are being developed for children. Encourage pupil voice. That needs to be a big part of a curriculum because those pupils are the ones that are experiencing the learning. Think carefully about your pedagogy. Now I'm looking at step two. Where do you want to go with this and how are you going to develop the entitlement and enrichment that those children have as they go through the school? How will you enrich the curriculum with either off-site, outdoor learning, specialist days, partnerships that you develop within the community to have off-site residential visits, to develop different elements within school and involving parents and carers in the learning as well? And children deserve that rich menu and positive learning experiences. Decide on what you consider your non-negotiables for your children are. A rich and engaging curriculum takes into account all the children are taught and experienced in their learning journey. Once you've considered these experiences and this journey that the children are going on, you need to ensure that you're then looking at step three. That's the breadth and balance of the curriculum. When designing the curriculum, it's about planning over time and not necessarily looking at a curriculum in an ad hoc way. It's about adding substance to a clear statement and an offer, which you've looked at before. The Curriculum for Wales will provide a framework. You have to add the elements to make it your curriculum, either through themes, projects, subjects, extracurricular or special events that add substance to that curriculum. In regards to curriculum design, this is where you have to make sure everything is coherent, connected and led, where you show the end points in learning, i.e. the skills and knowledge that the children will be taught by the end of the year or the school programme. This is also in the creation of your school's progression model. Make partnerships and build within the community and develop that cultural capital that the children need to develop their journey as they go through school and make it unique to your school. Make choices about what you want to teach and how much depth you want and how you want to structure it. One of the biggest challenges when developing a curriculum is developing the breadth and the balance that children will have on their school life. Mm. You're going to start with the curriculum for Wales, the four purposes, the what matters statements in one hand and the curriculum design plan in the other. You can own that statement and you can decide the depth, the balance and the breadth of where you want to take that statement but it's having the courage to interpret it inappropriately for your children in your school. Set the context, develop the knowledge and the skills around the needs for your children and the context of the school and have the courage to develop it in your way. You will need to consider how connected your curriculum is from the principles and purpose to the breadth and balance and the interpretation of the curriculum for Wales. And this is where you can fill the gap between the national documentation and what you want for your children 
and the individuals they will develop into. Give your rationale, ensure the principles are reflected through the entitlement and enrichment, breadth and balance, and finally into the classroom. Look at the world around us. We as a nation excel in the creative industries and it's due to that fact that we are creating and filling the gaps and creating that rounded curriculum that develops the whole child. That as you're going through that, you will develop that teaching narrative, which is step four. Now, teaching narrative looks at developing a series of lessons that deliver the curriculum content. Here, when you look at filling that gap, this falls into the developing of a clear framework on pedagogy. Your own or as a school using cornerstones, using our clear pedagogy, such as our Engage, the WOW Start, finding out what children know, developing your curiosity and the questions about the world around them and the context into the developed stage where you are developing the knowledge, the skills, the understanding of the context before going into the innovate stage and providing the children with a provocation, giving them an opportunity to use and apply their learning before they go into an express where they share and reflect on their own learning, teaching their knowledge and skills and understanding to a new audience. A strong pedagogical framework should link back to your intent, principles and your purposes within school. Then moving into sort of step five, when you've got that teaching narrative, it is very, very clear that you are going to need to identify the resources and the support that teachers will need as they are progressing and writing the curriculum. And it, it's really valuable to ensure that you have that high quality curriculum and these need to use high quality resources that are easy to find and fit for purpose. And don't forget the biggest resource within any school are the individual teachers, how you support them and their burden of their workload by providing them with high quality resources will impact on the endpoints of your curriculum. Mm. One of the most important stages is step six, and that's when you review and evaluate your curriculum. Because it is really, really important after that you establish a curriculum, it needs regular review of its impact on teaching and learning and making any adaptations. Where does the evidence lie? How can you support the generation of this evidence? And what you'll need to do is make sure when you're looking at reviewing and evaluating the curriculum that it is relevant and real within each context. Ensure looking at lessons, using a work scrutiny, looking at pupils, but also looking at achievements and outcome and how learning is able to demonstrate the achievement within the four purposes. All of these six stages give you an opportunity to have a, take a clear process at looking at how to develop your curriculum. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that rundown. I have to say for listeners as well, if you want a sort of physical copy of that, in our latest magazine, which you might have received in your school, but we've also got it online. One of the articles actually shows you all the six steps. You can print that off. We've got a PDF as well, just for Welsh schools, which goes through a summary of all six steps of curriculum design. It is a lot to take in, but it's really worth looking at each stage of curriculum design because it will save you so much time in the long run, won't it, Nicola, if you get all those things in oh, place yeah. early? Right, now I'm going to come on now to Sandra. Sandra, obviously, like Nicola said earlier, you know, there are 
um, issues around, you know, teachers who don't necessarily know how to design curricula. And I can say for myself, when I did my PGCE quite a few years ago, you know, it wasn't covered. So what common mistakes do you think are made when people try to design curricula? Um, are there things that take more time, for example, or aspects that get forgotten about? I think that people underestimate the amount of time that it is going to take to design a curriculum. And that's something that can take up funds as well, because you might have to set aside time for staff to get out of the classroom to, to work on designing that curriculum. And, you know, some schools are even bringing in additional members of staff so that they can free up key roles to be able to spend time doing this. So it can be quite costly, even if a school is, is choosing to design their own curriculum from scratch. One of the problems that I've seen through several years of experience where teachers are working with projects is very often they, they may be choosing projects or topics in isolation based on how much they like them or they think the children are going to like them. And what they don't do is actually look at that bigger picture of coverage across the whole school. And this can lead to either duplication of coverage or more importantly, and more worryingly, gaps within the curriculum. And it's, it's incredibly important to have that bird's eye view of the curriculum spanning across the whole school to avoid that so you don't get that repetition or gaps. And sort of within that, related to that, but if you're teaching topics in isolation, it, it's very easy then to miss those overarching concepts which link them. Some of the research, such as that by Guy Claxton, has shown that our brains learn much more, more effectively, much better, when new learning is attached to existing learning. Those connections make the new learning far more effective. So it's also important to look for concepts which you can use to span across different subjects or topics so that the children pick up on those, those threads that run through and it makes sense to them, where children mm. make sense they learn, they remember much, much more effectively. And then perhaps another misnomer is that the teachers feel they have to teach everything. Now, that guidance through the What Matters statements are there to provide a starting point, but these should be led by pupil voice and the teacher's own passions within the different subjects. And so it's really important that content is flexible in order to achieve this. This is what makes your curriculum special for your school. And that's really, really important. Yeah, some really good points there. We've covered those issues before, actually, connectivity, sequencing and repetition of learning. Those are extremely important. So thanks yes. for bringing, bringing that up, Sandra. Now, both of you have been doing webinars and training for, for schools and showing schools around the online platform that we've created, Maestro, and we've done a Maestro for Welsh schools. Could you um, just explain, maybe Nicola, could I ask you to explain how that is designed to make it easier for schools to achieve what they, they need to achieve and fulfil these requirements? Well, Maestro is designed as a platform to support schools to design, deliver and manage their curriculum. It's linked to Curriculum for Wales and uses the What Matters statements and the AOLEs are in there. It also inside the projects are projects that schools who have used Cornerstones in the past are very familiar. And we're also updating things as we go through as well, adding new projects. The idea behind it is that it's helping schools have an opportunity of having a platform to design 
but it also gives you complete flexibility to allow you to make a bespoke curriculum to your schools. So no two schools will ever have the same thing. And it just gives you a framework of a starting point to really sort of have that. But everything's in one place. And that's a positive feedback that we've had from schools is that everything seems to be in one place. The support is there. But also one of the key things that I think as a curriculum lead is that it's got this to transparency across the curriculum and school regarding planning and content. So it's very, very easily shared for with anybody. It also allows you to very quickly articulate planning to anybody who needs to know as you're going through. There's inspiring content within the projects and the adaptable features allow everything to be adapted to your own local area or your local school. There's tools embedded so that the cross-curricular responsibilities of the LNF and DCF can be tracked. But then also, and the key thing is, well, one of the key things I think is there are tracking tools to track the actual coverage. I mean, we all mean to cover everything and we all want to think that we're covering everything. But this generates that clear picture across the school of what is covered and means that you know what's going on in your school, but also what the experiences and the learning journey that those children are having as well. So going back, it's covering the because we when we set the six steps, we've made sure Maestro helps you follow them. Because yeah. what you were talking about earlier, both of you about that connectivity and Nicola, when you said in one of the steps about the entitlement and the offer, that's all included, isn't it? Everything is in there to allow you to use those six steps to develop that curriculum, but also have the resources and the elements of having having sort of a teaching narrative in there or a starting point for a teaching narrative and the resources to back everything up. But it does take you on that development process so that you can answer those questions yourself as to where you want to go, what curriculum you want to put in place and what learning journey those children need to have. Yeah, those editable tools, aren't there? We can type in your own statements. Do we suggest some as well? Because some schools like to have a starting point, don't they? Yes. So we've got an element of there with the curriculum statement that we have in place. And that outlines elements from the government recommendations and then allows you to tailor that to yourselves so that you can actually develop those principles and purpose before you're starting to look at the curriculum as well. Yeah, and for subject leads or areas of learning leads, they can run reports, can't they, on their areas of learning and experience. And they and can have a really in-depth, they can have a really in-depth knowledge of what is going on in their area of learning and the coverage that's there, but also then allowing them to build in elements that they want to cover within their curriculum as well. And it's about giving you that whole picture. What is your curriculum about? What can you tell? What are you covering as you're going through and ensuring that that picture is there for the school um, mm. just so they can improve and use that to reflect and analyse on what they're doing as well? Yeah, I was going to say that makes it easy then to monitor the impact of your curriculum and then make, make adaptations rather than having loads of folders filled with different reports that within a month or so are old aren't they it's uh, this is all in one place so it's completely live you always get a picture of how your curriculum is being taught and most importantly being learned by the children Nicola and Sandra you are running some webinars aren't you for school leaders in 
Wales and they've gone really well. Would you be able to explain what you're offering in those events? Maybe first of all, to say what's on offer for people if they want to <laughs> meet you and, and hear more about how, to, how it might help their school. Well, you have two dedicated advisors. Sandra and myself and what we do is we spend a lot of our time keeping up with current legislation so you don't necessarily have to but it gives us an opportunity to be able to ensure you have the information that you need as you're going through. We also have the live events at the moment and what we're doing is probably once a week we are putting on live events which allows schools to come together with other schools but also find and have a walkthrough of what Curriculum Maestro is all about. We are offering a couple of events towards the end of November at the moment where we're looking specifically at getting schools started with Maestro and what we're trying to do is provide you with the support you need to get started with your curriculum but also provide a flexible resource that the pair of us can be there to support you with the needs of the individual school, but also groups of schools as well. All of the support is free as we go through as well. Yeah, what we try and do is anything that is online and we use Teams and Zoom to support schools is all part of the cost. So we have online training and we dedicate and make the training bespoke to your individual school as well. So it's, it's completely up to you. I mean, we offer it at a time when it's convenient to yourself as well. But we're also there on the other end of an email and have provide telephone support. And one of the biggest things that we found just recently, especially during lockdown and things like that, is that we have a live chat on our website, on Maestro and on all the platforms that we provide so that you can get through and get access between eight and five to a dedicated advisor who's there to answer any questions for you. Mm -hmm. and support you all the way through as well that's great so that's I mean that's for schools who've got a maestro license and they're getting a strong start on your curriculum design and getting the expertise help from you which is really valuable to get them on their journey because like we said at the beginning there isn't actually a lot of time you're also running events aren't you for schools who are interested in just seeing what maestro does they're also free aren't they can you tell us any more about those events when you're running them We've got a series of events coming in January. There's three events being set up for schools who want to take a look at Maestro. And those are on Wednesday evenings between four and five. And those are sort of ones that are coming up at the moment. We do, as I say, have two two events coming up uh, towards the end of November that are supporting schools that are just starting. So it's getting them done. It's looking at the curriculum leads and things like that. So we are sort of tailoring the need to to the schools and to the need of schools in Wales depending on what their need is at the time and we'll put all the information on our website I'll put the links at the bottom of the podcast so if you're listening and you are interested in signing up I'll put the link on for you but obviously of course if you just want a demo very quickly just fill in our book a demo form on our website and Nicola and Sandra will will get in contact so that's quite useful if you want a one-to-one more in-depth look at Maestro Thank you ever so much. Sandra, did you want to add anything about the support available or has Nicola covered it? I think she's pretty much covered it. I'd just like to say that, you know, schools are very welcome to have a chat. There's no pressure or anything when when people talk to us. We're more than happy to give them, we call it a guided tour, a walkthrough of Curriculum Maestro. And we're happy, you know, if they want to show it to SLT, first of all, and then perhaps show the staff we're very happy to do one or more sessions online. That's one of the things that's come out of the lockdown situation is many more schools and teachers are familiar and comfortable with online presentations. 
which has really sort of opened the possibilities for us to give even better support because for inset days for example we don't need to travel out to schools anymore we can have a session with them in the morning leave them to work on it and touch base with them again in the in the afternoon to see if there's any questions have come up so it's we're really becoming even more efficient with the kind of support that we can offer to schools who are perhaps considering maestro or already have it and and want to to extend their, their knowledge of it Thank you ever so much, both of you, for joining me today. There was so much content in there, and I hope you, the listener, you found that really useful, um, giving you food for thought for your own curriculum development and giving you a bit of reassurance, I hope, as well, um, that, you know, it can potentially be a very exciting time for you and your school, but obviously you need the resources and the time to do it properly. So thanks again, Nicola and Sandra, for joining me. Oh, thank you. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from us here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It was brought to you by Cornerstones Education. We help primary schools in England, Wales and beyond with the materials and tools to design, deliver and manage their curriculum. Follow us on social media at cornstones.edu or visit us on our website cornstones.co.uk. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.